Coming to you from our peaceful prayer room in the heart of New York City, it's the Journey to Eternity podcast, hosted by Louisa and Mike Serignano. In every episode, we are committed to giving God glory by helping Christians use the Word of God to navigate everyday life in a sinful, fallen world. So welcome to the show. I'm Louisa. And I'm Mike. And we are a married Christian couple on a journey journey to to eternity. So for those of you who don't know us or are new to this podcast, Louisa and I are sinners saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and are members of New Hyde Park Baptist Church in Long Island, New York. However, this is not a church podcast and any opinion or views that we share belong to us and are not reflective of our pastors, elders, or our church in general. So, hey, babe, welcome to episode 35. Hey, babe, that's quite a milestone. So today marks three years of the Journey to Eternity podcast. It was November 6th of 2020 when we published our first episode. Yeah, right in the middle of COVID. It was a great time to start a podcast, I believe. (laughs) It sure was. (laughs) I guess it was just a blessing because people didn't have much to do but stay home and listen to a pair of people who didn't know what they were doing. But God is faithful, and if you trust him, he will work miracles. In just three years, our podcast has been listened to in 14 countries outside of the U.S. And in our country, we have 32 out of 50 states. And we know that it's only God, because aside from speaking to the locals of our church and the surrounding area, we haven't really done a thing to market this besides putting it on the major podcast platforms. And we do thank our church and our brothers and sisters in Christ for the encouragement and support they have shown us. Oh, and I'm grateful for you, sweetheart. Your personality makes this show. Otherwise, it would just be some old guy reading scripture. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, babe. That's not a bad thing. (laughs) Oh, thank you, honey. (laughs) But after three years, things are feeling a bit stale. So after prayer and consideration, we want to tweak the format to inject some new life into the hosts. The demands of creating content to fill 30 to 45 minutes, along with the work of actually publishing the episodes, has created too long of a gap in between. So we're going to shorten the episodes a bit with the hopes of publishing new content on a more frequent and consistent basis. So today starts that new format, and we sincerely hope that it makes a difference in the podcast we put out and in the lives of our listeners. We invite you to tell us what you think, either in person or via email or comment. Give us your feedback. The truth will make a big difference for the show moving forward. Ah, well, thank you, babe. Well, enough about us. Let's get down to business. Today, we're going to talk about a growing problem in the church, and that is biblical illiteracy. Now, before some people get all offended that we are calling them illiterate, we're going to define it, explain it with scripture, and break it down using current statistics and examples. We'll also give you some ways to get from one side of the fence to the other. But before we get started, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we ask you to lead us in this episode. Help us to honor you in everything we say. Please open the hearts of all our listeners Stir them to hear your words so they can apply what's being spoken into their lives. For the sake of your glory, we pray. Amen. So what is biblical illiteracy? For starters, it doesn't mean that you can't read. The term is in no way a judgment of a person's intelligence level. In fact, many brilliant people are biblically illiterate. 
So let's define what it is. It means that you are not familiar with the Bible in a way that is helpful and meaningful for everyday life, which means that when there is an option to obey it or not, you have the understanding to put it into practice. You can't do that unless you know it. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 commands us to study the word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Amen. Uh-huh. So, babe, let's talk about that scripture there. Right. So, let's let's look at what was going on back in there. There were no Bibles. Uh-huh. There was no live stream. No YouTube. No YouTube <laughs> sermons. There was no sermon audio, and they really they didn't have the written word back then. Right. Okay. The only thing they had was to gather and to listen and to listen. Uh-huh. All right. So Joshua was out there and. This command was for him. He said, do not let this law depart from your mouth, and you shall meditate on it day and night. So when do we meditate on it? Day and night. Exactly. So that should be a clue as to how this episode is going to go. When people want to know, well, how much should I be reading and studying the Bible? Mm -hmm. Day and night. So let's play a game here, and let's see how we do. We want to gauge the knowledge of modern-day Christians, and here are some telling statistics See if this might pertain to you. See if you see yourself in here. To be honest, this is not an open book test. We don't have the answers in front of us, but we have a couple of statements here, and we're going to see if we can answer them. Okay. All right? So what's the first one, babe? It says, less than 50% of adult Christians can name the four writers of the Gospels. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like an easy one, right? Mm -hmm. So we got Matthew. We got John. Mark. And Luke. And Luke. Okay. We got that. Good job, babe. (laughs) Read the second one, please. And many Christians have trouble naming more than three or four of the apostles. Mm, Okay, Uh, now here's how it gets tough. Three or four is not that tough. He had three or four main ones, okay? Uh So he had Peter, he had James. He had Paul. No. Not Paul. Okay, so he had Peter, he had James, he had Andrew, John. Okay, then he had Matthew, then he had Philip, Thomas. He had Bartholomew, Thaddeus, he had James the Less, Mm -hmm. Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot. Ah. I think we got him. Did we get all 12? Bingo. I think so. All right. All right. Now, the the last one, this is where it's going to get real tough here. All right. More than 50% of Christians cannot name five of the Ten Commandments. Do you really believe that? I don't know if I could name more of them. Uh All right. I'm going to try here. The first one is, you shall have no other gods but me. Uh Second one is, uh, you shall not create any graven images, so you should not make an idol. Third one is, you shall not take the Lord's Lord's name name in vain. vain. Mm -hmm. Fourth one is, keep the Sabbath holy. Five is, honor your father and mother. And then six through ten, we run off. Thou shalt not lie, thou Uh shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, and thou shalt not covet. Covet. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if we got them all in the right order, but I think we got all ten there. But can you see how difficult it Mm -hmm. is, even with these, you know... Listen, is it any wonder that we break the Ten Commandments all the time if we, if we don't even not. know them? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying these are easy questions, but 
this is really Bible basics here. Mm. And what are we going to do when it gets tough? We're going to have to answer some questions that are not as simple as these. Let's look at Acts chapter 8, verses 30 through 35. There are several things in this passage that we can use to make a point. The story of the Ethiopian eunuch traveling home from Jerusalem and an angel of God used Philip to speak to the man. So it reads, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. It said, He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And this shows that the eunuch had a desire to understand God's word. Right. He was not afraid to ask for an explanation, and he didn't care how that looked. That's really the first thing Uh we have to think about now. How many Uh people really don't understand scripture, but they're afraid to ask? Right. They're afraid to ask somebody, hey, what does this mean? Right. And the reason- Or sometimes they ask the wrong person. Well, yeah, that's that's another story. That's a whole nother podcast. Uh (laughs) But honestly, we can't be afraid to ask. Uh I know that when I'm not understanding something, I am not afraid to go to Pastor Doug, to one of the elders. Me neither. I'm not afraid to go to one of my brothers who I know is really strong in the word and Uh say, hey, what does this mean? Explain this to me. I mean, what is it that keeps you from speaking up? Is it fear of looking good? Are you afraid? Um, um, you is don't it want pride. You, yeah, pride, or you just don't want to. You don't want people to think that you're not up to par in right. in, in your reading your Bible. Right, and that goes. Know? That's a, that's a big deal. Right, and I really think that people have to let go of that. Mm-hmm. All right, and the only way that you're gonna learn, the only way that you're gonna grow, is if you really ask for an explanation. And you know how how our pastors and our elders would love if we would come oh, up to them. They would fall over. Right, and say, can you help me understand this? Right, right. And that brings us to Philip, okay? So Philip was asked, can you explain this to me? Uh So think about it. Philip was able to respond with the correct explanation Uh because he knew and understood God's word. Right. So we know that who we ask is very important, Uh but we as people have to be able to answer these questions sometimes. If right. somebody comes up to us and say, what does this mean? We can't and it's just, happened. It's yeah, happened to it, it me does. with women. It's happened to you. Right. And you have to be prepared. Right. And sometimes I'm not. Right. Okay. And you know what I do? I really don't know the answer to that. So let me find somebody who does. And right. I'll, I'll grab the, the nearest person I know would have that answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've grabbed Pastor Micah and I said, Pastor Micah, this, this person has a question. Mm-hmm. Can you like help? Right. Answer that. And he does. Right. So he's he's really ready to go. Right. So we look at those first two points. We, we want to say having the desire for us to want to understand mm-hmm. and then having the ability to answer a question. So here's what's going to tie that all together. Who was Philip? We mentioned before Philip was one of the apostles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it him? And then there was another Philip that's mentioned several times in the book of Acts. Was it him? Well, stay tuned for the answer. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to reveal it now. We'll we'll let you know at the end of the episode who it was. But but uh, that's that's good, babe. I think yeah. that it's um it's so important for us not to 
we don't know everything, okay? Right. And if you think you do, then here's here's I don't my know. biblical literacy, and this is my honest opinion. If I had to like grade myself on a scale of like one to ten, mm-hmm. I, I'm about a one, and I'm not trying to degrade myself or put myself down, but I've only scratched the surface, right? Right. And what I had to do in order to even get to this point. All it's right. a lot of work. It's a lot of work. A and lot we're going yeah. to talk about that more mm-hmm. later. But I, again, I'm no scholar. Right. And Neither of us yeah, are. <laughs> and, and we have to be okay with that, but have want to have the desire And to we learn. have to be able to walk in humility and sit with somebody that does know more than we right. know. Exactly. And it's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. so here's some interesting statistics <laughs> on Bible reading. Now, I got this from Lifeway Research, and they're a, a legitimate company that does this type of thing, Uh and they they spend a lot of time on Christian issues. And the following statistics really tell kind of a sad story. So it says here that 32% of Christians read their Bible every day, 32%. So that's like three out of 10. Right. All right. Another 27% read it a few times a week. 12% read once per week. 11% 11% read a few times a month, 5% read once a month. And 13% read it rarely or never at all. Oh. That's sad. Okay. <laughs> so I'm I'm grateful for people being honest. I mean, I hope they're being honest. It, mm-hmm. it seems like that way. I am encouraged that three out of five read every day or at least several times a week. That's yeah. like, okay, that, that's heartening to me. But on the flip side, two out of five churchgoers read once a week or less. And l- let's think about that. In America, we have no persecution, okay? Everyone has a Bible. Right. All right? We have cell phones. They all come with Bible apps. If you go to a real church, we have Bibles in the pew, okay? So there's always a Bible available to you. So the question you have to ask yourself, and I'm hoping you're you honest, use it? is do you use it, yeah. okay? I mean, And as a Christian, that's something that we all should be doing. Yeah. Because that, that's, 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 that's our so lifeline. It's so important to yeah. look at this. And our pastors always invite us to open our Bibles when they are ready to preach. Pretty much every sermon we listen to, even those we hear online, starts out that way. How many do it? I don't know. If you don't open your Bible in church, do you really open it at home? In Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, we are given a lesson about reading the Bible while it is it's explained. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So here's a lesson in desire and discipline. The Bereans listened to Paul preach but there were no Bibles in the pew. There were no Bibles at all. So now did they take Paul's word for it? Did they just sit there and nod in agreement? No. They went to whatever copy the town had and examined it. They studied it. They meditated on it. And they put themselves in a position to share the truth they had heard. So here are some interesting thoughts that will make you shake your head. I'm shaking my head. (laughs) It says 82% of Americans believe that God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. Now, that I've heard that a gazillion times. Mm-hmm. God helps those who help themselves. No, he doesn't. God wants us to depend on him for help. Amen. Mm-hmm. says here that 81% of born-again Christians believe that the main purpose of the Bible is to teach one how to take care of their family. 81%, baby. <laughs> I, well, so... 
what here's what the Bible really is is mm-hmm. is the main purpose. The Bible is God's self-revelation to humanity. It's to give us an accurate account of Jesus so that we might believe on him and have eternal life. And it also reveals to us who we are, sinners in need of a savior. I mean, the 81%, boy, that's That's high. That's really high. So here's a few funny ones, okay? This is <laughs> these are real funny. I don't know where they got these from, but people think that Joshua <laughs> is the son of a nun. Okay? Like so Like a nun? <laughs> <laughs> you get it? Like uh-huh. a Catholic nun? Well, there were no Catholic nuns at that time, so <laughs> he, they, he couldn't have been the son of a Catholic nun. Uh-huh. But if you read Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1, it said Joshua son of nun. So really Joshua's father's name was none. Uh-huh. Here's something else. People think that Sodom and Gomorrah were a married couple. So that's pretty frightening. People think that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. And I don't know. I don't know where they come up with this, but I, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the list goes on. It, <laughs> the Bible is pretty much the most misunderstood book ever written. So how did we get here? That's really the question. How did we get to this point where the Word of God became such a sidebar in life that even we as Christians have such a limited understanding? It's the distractions, babe. I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that's really the main thing. And in today's world, is that social media. Social media will like really ruin you. These are all the things that get in the way of mm-hmm. reading the Bible. Right. So you're on social media, you're not reading. Watching television. Now, I'm not saying that you can't watch a movie, all right? So please, let me break this down, okay? Mm-hmm. These are, n- there's nothing wrong with these things. And I think is that we create the time to yes. be on social media. We create time to watch television. Right. And we create time for entertainment. We do. Okay. Okay, but do we create time to read God's word? And it's, not, it's more than creating time. I think it's creating a habit. Right. So priorities, mm-hmm. okay? What are your priorities, all right? Mm-hmm. This is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And this one is for money, but there are many others. Right. There's, uh-huh. a, there's a lot of things uh-huh. that we make an idol right. that get ourselves in the way. And social media is an social idol. Social media is a big one. Yes. I, I mean, the cell phone, just the cell phone in general, right. I think, it's a is, scourge. is the it biggest is. thing that, uh-huh. that stops people, okay? Because you're, you're, you're on that. Point. And you're wasting your time on that instead right. of wasting that three hours, four hours just scrolling and right. scrolling, scrolling and, and scrolling, scrolling when and you scrolling could be sitting reading your Bible. Everybody <laughs> check their screen time, okay? Every every <laughs> cell phone has a, an app on it that and tells believe you, what, believe you me, time. Mike checks mine. <laughs> I do not check yours. I tell you to check yours. But... <laughs> all right. So pride, uh-huh. okay? So pride. Do you think you know it all? Mm-hmm. All right. How many of us out there think we know it all? And we don't. I know it all. Read? I don't have to open up my Bible because right. I read it three times and I know what it says and I don't have to read it anymore. Right. So <laughs> like I said before, I'm not a scholar. And neither right? am I. But biblical <laughs> scholars have only scratched the surface of knowledge mm-hmm. when it comes to God's word and understanding it. And another one, baby, is busyness. 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 And okay. we all are so busy. Are you too busy <laughs> to place God in the mix? Mm-hmm. Are you too busy to make time for him? Right. Okay. Now, some people are legitimately busy. I get that. All right. I mean, uh, some of us have a job that is really busy. So, you know, God expects you to work when you're supposed <laughs> to work, not take time from that to or read. Or do you but... have moms that stay at home that right. are busy some with their kids? Some people are really busy. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. But most 
Most people are not. Right. All right. They just think that they are. Right. All right. So it'd be good for us to examine ourselves just how busy we think we are mm -hmm. and why we can't create some space in our day. And we all have that time and to we create. All, we, all, we all have it. Yeah. Okay. And mm -hmm. sometimes you have to dig to make it. And again, you have to be disciplined. Right. Okay? So how do we become biblically literate? Prayer. Prayer is the first step in everything. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's just how I look at it. Right. So ask God to give you the desire to read and study. And I always also ask God to give you the understanding of his word. Right. As uh -huh. human beings, that desire does not come naturally right. to us. The last thing we want to do is read the Bible. Right. All right. But if we talk to God, say, God, listen, I'm really struggling with this. God, can you give me the desire to want to know your word, to want to know you more? Then he's going to answer that prayer because that's what in his will. He will give you the desire. He will give you the understanding that you need in order to become biblically literate. Uh -huh. Second is, to prioritize and sacrifice. And that word sacrifice is key. It is. What's okay. stopping you from reading and studying? So let's think about that. What's stopping you from reading and studying? What what do you waste your, the time that you're not being, you know, you're using for work or to be a, you know, stay at home mom or to do things that need to get done? What is taking up that time? Right. Like that so available time. We talked about it before. Mm -hmm. There's all those distractions and right. stuff. So we have to prioritize what is most important. And mm -hmm. God's word is the most important thing that right. we have. So that always has to be the priority. Because you know what? I've I've learned as a woman that if if I don't put God first and if I don't study, then I'm not going to become the godly woman he expects me to be. Yeah. I'm not going to be the godly wife he right. expects me to be because I'm not reading his word to learn how to be mm -hmm. that. Right. You know? So what can you give up? Right. That's the whole thing is you, you know you have time in there. Right. What do you give? What do you have to give up? You got to right? give up what? the social media. You got to give up the television. You got to give up. Those are just like small things. Right. We all have tons of stuff in our life uh -huh. that we have to give up. Uh -huh. I have to give, I give up sleep. Right. I get up extra early in the morning, and boy, I could sure use that time in the morning to finish my sleep. But, but remember the time when you didn't do that, baby. Right, remember? and it didn't work. It didn't okay? work. Right. So I had to I sacrifice. had to find out what it was. Make God the priority and then sacrifice. Uh -huh. Obedience, the next thing. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. John chapter 13, verse 17 says, If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So once God gives us the desire to read and study, he's going to give us the understanding to, of the word. The next step is to apply it. We have to make it work in our life. We have to use it in our life. When, when something comes up in your life, there's a scripture there that's going to help sustain you, that's going mm -hmm. to help you get you through a trial maybe. That if somebody asks you a question, you'll be able to, to talk to them about it because you, you have some biblical literacy. It's right. important. This is mm -hmm. really important. And you know what, babe? Discipline and hard work. Right. It's hard. <laughs> Hard work. Yes. Okay. It's really hard to study the Bible. Mm. Again, it's not something that comes naturally to us. So it takes discipline. Our flesh is always going to say no, but God wants us to say yes. Mm -hmm. So we have to make God our priority. And and if we do those things, I think you're gonna you're gonna see the difference. Rome is not built in a day. Right. You're not gonna all of a sudden. It starts small. Yeah, you know, start sometimes people want to start and they overwhelm themselves because they say, you know what, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna read for an hour and a half every right. single day. That's not gonna happen. No. Okay. I know it didn't happen for me. Right. I know that it started very small. For Five me. minutes. But I started Five very small. Five minutes. What I'll tell you this is every year, right? 
right before the New Year's, our pastors give us Bible reading plans. And they do them themselves. I know, because they told me. They're practicing what they're preaching. So they give us a, a Bible reading plan. And you can find them all on the internet. You can find them on the Bible apps. They, they all have Bible reading plans. Pick one, okay? Start small. And stick to it. And stick to it, uh-huh. okay? Create the discipline. Do the hard work, and you'll find out that you make progress. And, you know, you could build up gradually as you go every day. Right. And you could absorb more. You could take on more. You start to understand how the Bible, how the flow of the Bible is. Right. These are all, like, really important things, but you're not going to get there unless you're willing to do the work. Bible reading is about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? And we cannot have a relationship with him if we read every three days for five minutes because— no, We're you're going to have to right. work your way up. We have to work okay. our way up, right. You, you can't stay at five minutes. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. So, in conclusion, we'd like to give a word of encouragement to all Christians from Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. And it says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. And if by chance you're listening today and you are not a believer— we invite you to consider the good news that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that the sins of all those who believe would be forgiven. He was buried, and on the third day, he was raised from the grave to conquer death so that one day we as believers would also conquer death and have eternal life with him. Amen. God's word in Romans ten thirteen says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We urge you to call on him today. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, please give us the desire to know you through your word. Help us to put away everything that gets in the way of reading and studying your word. Give us the desire to grow and to help others grow by being an example and an encouragement to those that need it. And we pray for this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So before we go, the answer to who was Philip in Acts chapter 8. So the answer is, he was one of the seven chosen by the early church in Acts chapter 6 to help with the distribution of the food. He is also referred to as Philip the Evangelist. Scripture tells us he had four unmarried daughters who all had the gift of prophecy. So now, how would you know that unless you study the Word? Amen. So please tune in to our next episode, where we discuss communion and the Lord's table. May God bless you and keep you as you navigate everyday life in a sinful, fallen world. Well, that's it, brothers and sisters. The music signals the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening in today. We are grateful for your support. If you enjoyed today's episode, please support us by subscribing to this podcast through our website at jtepodcast.org. While you are at the website, please leave us a comment or question and check out our social media pages. Again, that's jtepodcast.org. So God willing, we will see you right back here next time. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.